everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. Uh, first, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to those of you who are interacting with me on Instagram. I know I talk about it a lot. I don't mean to overdo it, but I'm actually having a lot of fun. I'm asking questions and you guys are answering, which is cool. I asked recently about the uh, shows that I should be watching that have to do with real relationships. Got a lot of um, This Is Us and Parenthood. I can't watch either one of those because they're a little too real for me. But um, Catastrophe was on the list. That's a great show that I've enjoyed. And I'm moving our friend rapidly up the list of my uh, must-see movies. But if you're interested in what other people are watching, go ahead and check it out. Um, And always feel free to contribute. There's a cool question on there now that I like. um, And your answers are coming in. That's very fun. So again, uh, if you're not following us on Instagram, go ahead and do that. We're in the middle of Operation Blue Check. We have a Blue Check guest coming up here pretty soon, which I'm excited about. And uh, in the meantime, Laura and I are talking today about... What happens when there's the difference between what was said and what was heard? Um, it's a dilemma that shows up a lot in my office. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Beep. 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 I like our new timer that counts down that tells us mm-hmm. when it's time to start. Do you know what it reminds me of? Did you ever play like Mario Kart? Nope. You were probably uh, in yeah, the 30s when Mario Kart came out. No, I know Mario Kart. Well, yes, <laughs> that is true, but I did play Mario Kart. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Beep. 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 I don't understand video games, but you know what I cannot get enough of? Chess. I'm playing a lot of chess online right now. Good for you. I know. It's pretty fun. Chess is I'm, fascinating. I... Like, it's like, it's pretty, like, I, I always knew, like, how the pieces worked, but I never knew that you, like, I mean, I did know this because I knew that, like, people were really good at chess, but there's, like, deep, deep strategy and thinking and... yeah. There's like a, uh, openings in the middle game and the end game. I'm learning all about it. It's really fun. I have decided that chess is a, a very clear representation of what I am not in that I think somebody used the word skimmer um, to describe you, yeah, you me. Did. Yeah. I, I use that word. You use it with me. You're like, yeah. why did you say this? And I was like, I said lots of things before that, but you only read the last thing that comes into your I am. Head. I'm a skimmer. And I think that I'm, I've am i grown to like accept it. Actually, it's really interesting. I'm kind of in this like learning phase of growing to accept who I am and not having to be everything for everybody, which is a, geez, like only took me 37 years to get there. Almost. Thir- well, by the time this comes out, I will be a 37 year old woman. I was just thinking the other day that I have no idea when your birthday is. Literally not. It is. Like, July 24th. Wait, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Um, yeah. No, you know. Hmm. I will expect something very special on my doorstep um, for July 24th. Yeah. I can almost guarantee you that is not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a gift giver. I am. I'm actually really good at it. I'm really, well, really good gift giver. I will send you my address. <laughs> I have it. So that you can send me some some gifts. Um, but I've learned with with chess is that I am not somebody that plays things out, um, it, mm. meaning like even in life, like I don't like to say if this happened, then this would happen and then this would happen like that. I, if I get mm. into that state of mind, it becomes overwhelming and I, I don't find there to be any sort of enjoyment. Like there's a natural like um, almost resistance to chess in the sense of trying to play out or anticipate somebody else's moves. I think I'm just very much so in this state of being of like, what will be, will be, and I'm in the moment and it's mm-hmm. just an odd, and chess is a very odd game for me in that I will never play chess the way it's intended to be played with strategy and like looking forward and I just, nope, not me. Yeah. Well, you might surprise yourself. I probably felt the same way when I was 37, eight. <laughs> 
You think it's an age thing? I don't know. I know that in, later in life, I got interested in something I wasn't interested in, or I got interested in taking on a new kind of way of thinking that I didn't have before. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll happen for you. Maybe. We'll and it's see. okay if it doesn't. I am. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a natural um, thing that I'm not interested in. I had a really interesting, can I tell you a little bit about sex therapy school that I've been going into? So I've been in sex therapy school and we had this super intense weekend. It was literally like 20, 24 hours, I believe, condensed into two and a half days. Um, It might've even been longer than that. Nine plus nine plus six. Okay. I got it right. 24. Um, So it was a lot of time spent looking at different um, relationship types, which we talk a lot about monogamy. We talk a lot about couples, but we were looking at throuples. We were looking at polyamory. We were also looking at the different ways that people express um, and and, and um, enjoy pleasure. And so the whole point of the weekend was to begin to identify where we may have some biases where we may have some discomfort, where we might need to do our own work as therapists. And, um, and I was butting up against this feeling. And I don't know if you ever felt this as a therapist, a feeling like I needed to be okay or be interested or treat all of, all of sex. And there is a lot of variety. There is a lot of gray and nuances. And it was this really interesting realization that I might just be in a very finite kind of small window of the expression of human sexuality. And I think that that's okay. And it was just a weird moment for me to be able to say that's okay. Cause when you're in therapy, when you are in school to become a therapist, there are a lot of different populations that you can treat. There's a lot of uh, diagnoses that you can treat or conditions or like issues that are coming up for people. But did you ever feel like you were going to work with anything other than couples? Uh, well, it's, that's just a little bit of a different story. I, I started my uh, sort of therapy career with individuals and I thought I was going to bail out because I hated it. I didn't like working with couples at all. I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't like working with individuals at all and I still don't. But then when I started yeah, working either. with couples, I loved it. Like I just came, I just came alive. So that was, um, so you kind of came to couples pretty quickly in your, yeah, in your world. I did too. Um, and I think I knew, always knew that I wanted to work with couples, but, um, I think a lot of people go in there like, am I going to do art therapy? Am I going to work with children? Am I going to work with eating disorders? Like, what is it that I'm going to do? And I had to sort of back off a little bit and recognize that that story's true as well for sex therapy in mm. that, um, not every person who walks through your door is going to be the right fit for you as, as a therapist. And mm. so I'm trying to discern, well, who, what is going to be the population that I want to work with, with sex therapy? Yeah. So I'm just I'm coming to that realization. I mean, I think, I think, um, I've definitely evolved. I, I was probably in the same mindset that you were in, in terms of like, I had just had a very narrow understanding and idea and, uh, of what human sexuality was. And, part of it is I just didn't have any exposure, but now that I'm, you know, 10, 12 years into my job, I, I, I don't, I don't feel that way. I think the experience I have a lot is I, I don't ever judge the, what I'm hearing or what I'm learning or what I'm, but I do like not understand it. Like I don't, yeah. I don't judge it morally where I'm like, Oh yeah, no, the reason that's a problem is because Polly is bad. It's more right. like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't understand how that works. Yeah. And I'm happy to try and figure it out with you, but, um, mm-hmm. but I know for sure it like couldn't work for me. So, but, so mm-hmm. it's like sort of that, 
degree of separation maybe is the way that you describe that, but it's cool that you're, um, you're, you're starting to get a wider range of experience and exposure. That's, that's really neat. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, but that's not what we're talking about today. I know you I wanted just, to, you wanted to make share. sure to ask me about operation blue check. Oh, tell me about operation blue check. How is that <laughs> well, going for us? It's, it's going great. Um, I'm just trying out new stuff. I realized something you have to follow people back. So this is, that's my new task for this week. I'm going to follow people. Oh. Um, but we did get our first blue check follower. Um, Who's that? That's the Gottman Institute. They're excited about oh. our workshop, which you should go awesome. check out um, um, by listening to the, the last episode of our podcast. Or what is it? Gottman.com. October 23rd and 24th. Octo- uh, at Gottman.com slash MTR. Yeah. But I did something neat. And I don't know if you noticed, but I asked a question. I said, what is the worst marriage advice you've ever received? And people like they told us. And do you know oh. what like the most popular answer was? And I think this is what we want to talk about this week. Can you guess what the most oh. popular answer was? I mean, I think a lot of people say don't go to bed angry. That's it. That was the number one. That was it like is? The yeah. The most common response is the worst in marriage advice I ever got was don't go to bed angry. Hmm. Yeah. I I mean, that's not really what we're talking about, but I agree. That's kind what of. I hear most often. Oh, wait. I remember what I wanted to say about following. I wanted <laughs> to be super clever because do you know this? Kentucky Fried Chicken, they, I think on their Twitter account, they only follow like, I think 16 people, but uh, they have 11 herbs and spices, right? Like that's their whole thing, Kentucky Fried okay. Chicken. So they follow 11 random guys named Herb and the five Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so are you trying to be clever? And I want to, but I can't people? figure it out. I can't figure it out. I think I'm going to start by following the Gottman Institute and then all the people who have let us interview them and... We have a blue check interview next week, which I'm excited about. And then, um, <laughs> so we're getting there. We're getting there. Anyway, this is my weekly reminder that if you're not following us on Instagram and helping us achieve Operation Blue Check, you should do that right now because we're about to talk about something that is going to okay. add value to your life. And that's really helpful. You know that Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, and that is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, relationships, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor. With the ability to communicate when and how you want, whether it be messaging through the phone or video conferencing. The matching process is quick but thorough. Look, I know that a lot of therapists are booked out and difficult to get into, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you are supporting Marriage Therapy Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com MTR. So it's trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register with BetterHelp. T-R-Y-B-E-T-T-E-R help H-E-L-P.com forward slash MTR and you receive a special discount as a Marriage Therapy Radio listener. I've been dying to say that Kentucky Fried Chicken thing for like a week, like two weeks, a long time. I'm hungry. Just you talking about that made my stomach grumble. But what we're talking about is like, what do you do um, when 
you have a situation, something happens, like maybe an argument or whatever it might be. And what you end up hearing is, that's not what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. You're, you're twisting my words. That's not what I meant. The, like you, you heard it differently, whatever it might be. And then that becomes the argument is you did or said something. I had a reaction to it. It hurt my feelings. And I want for you to recognize that my feelings are hurt. And I, man, I've just kind of been going round and round with couples of working on people, working on sort of loosening the grips of this conversation by being able to say, isn't it okay for there to be two truths that simultaneously occur at the same time? It is true that you were hurt. It is true that when your partner did or said something, you had this moment or this experience, you interpreted in some way, it went in through your filter and the way that you, it impacted you was negatively. You had an experience, but isn't it true that your partner may have also said something without the intent to hurt you? And that's where I think a lot of people, it starts to crumble is that the person who feels as if, you know, like, man, I'm being wrongly accused of doing something or having ill intent or like purposefully trying to hurt you is that they get into a place where like, all I can do is defend myself because why would I ever want to hurt you? And so now I'm in a place of needing to explain that that wasn't my intent. You must have misheard me. You must have misinterpreted something. I didn't do that. And now you're in the vicious cycle of defending yourself. And once you get to that defense place, the other person is just living there, like hanging, feeling, you know, hurt from an, an interaction. So what I'm wanting to talk about is how do you move through those experiences where I think it's okay for two truths to coexist together. Mm-hmm. It is okay for you to be hurt and it is okay for your partner to uh, explain or under, and or have a different experience from what happened. Are you following me with this one? Yeah, no, I gotcha. I, my yeah. first, my first piece of advice is don't go to bed angry. Stop it. <laughs> Were you just waiting? I waiting was, to say I was that? waiting. Hey, no, this is a really good topic. It happened actually in my office yesterday. And so I am hyper thinking about it, maybe even accidentally, or maybe it's, what is that thing called? Karma or something that when we're like spiritually yeah. aligned without knowing it or something. Can you give more of a specific example? Like, like maybe. Yeah. It so out or give like so a very specifically yesterday, I'm in my office, I'm working with this couple. They are doing really, really good work. Like they're working really hard and it is hard for them. Yeah. But she said, she reported what her experience was from last week. And okay. she said, you said da, 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 and all I wanted was da, 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 and you could have done da, da, da. And then she turned to me and she goes, and you, you didn't, you wanted me to do empathy for him and did not empathy for me. And I, I'm okay. Like I can, I can hold that. I'm not super duper worried about it, but I, A, I kind of knew it was coming and B, I was really trying to answer the question that you're asking, which is how can two things be true? Because the reality was what she said, he said, yeah. I didn't hear. Uh-huh. I didn't hear it. I, I, I heard, I heard the thing she was describing, but I heard it in a really different way. Um, yes. and it's because I wasn't hurt. I wasn't hurt by him and I wasn't hurt by, so, mm-hmm. um, and then the thing she said, I said, I definitely said, and I probably said it the way she described me saying it, but I know it wasn't the way I intended it to land. Okay. So, so here I am, I'm sitting with this woman and her husband and I'm saying, I basically just said, I'm having a really hard time trying to figure out what to do here because I want to have 
complete respect for your experience. Like you, you're really hurting. Like it's very, very clear that if I tell you that what you're describing didn't happen, that's going to be more painful. Mm -hmm. And what you're describing didn't happen. Like, so we need to (laughs) do something about that. These two things are true. Like we need, what do we do about the fact that both of these things are true right now? Um, And his jaw was like, hit the floor because he couldn't he he was busy defending right he was busy defending that he didn't say the thing that he said um Mm -hmm. or that she said that he said and so i Mm -hmm. think that there is something about like how do you make sense of that with people and the benefit of therapy of course and of having a therapist is that someone can kind of pause and note and note without agenda and Mm -hmm. how do you teach couples how to do that it's really it's really tough so I have a handful of ideas, but I don't know if that sparks anything for you. What, what? Yeah. Well, you said a few words that really um, kind of resonated. Number one, I think we even had a podcast back in the day where we really talked about intent versus impact. My intent was to express my frustration with something that happened today. My impact is that you felt criticized and you were hurt by that. Um, was that my intent? Not at all. Yeah. And I'll talk about that as the difference between hurt and harm, Mm -hmm. right? Like harm comes with intent, right? And hurt exists and it actually could hurt at the same exact level, Mm -hmm. you know, level five pain because of Mm -hmm. this injury that's been administered, but level five Mm -hmm. plus intent. I mean, they literally, they call that adding insult to injury. Right. And so that hurts worse, but absent intent. And part of what we had to try and do yesterday with this couple was, remove the narrative of intent, right? To say, are you interested in, and I had to tell her, I said, are you interested in hearing me describe what, what my intention was when I said what I said in order to replace the narrative that you have about what you heard and about me? What an interesting question. What did she say? She said, yeah, she said, she kind of went, sure, go ahead. Fine, fine, go ahead. And I said, "Okay." okay, well, let me, let me tell you what, what I was thinking about. That's the other thing that I don't know if this is happening to you, but it's happening to me a lot right now is I have to remind myself that I'm having, I might be having this conversation for the hundredth time or thousandth time or 500th time, but my couples are having it for the first time, second time. Like when I'm trying to explain something, I'm like, no, 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 it's just this. Uh Uh-huh. And And they're they're, like, whoa, 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 whoa. They're like, wait, I'm hearing this. And I, so I'm having to say, wait, I have to remember I know exactly what I mean. I know exactly what I'm saying. It's yes. almost like, it's almost like wrote, wrote for me. It's almost like memorized or just a pressing yeah. play. And they're having a very different experience, a very sacred experience of my therapist yeah. is talking to me in this hour that I've set aside and paid a lot of money for to, mm-hmm. you know, make myself better. So, but yeah, okay, I just I asked her, go back to, I asked her for, I want to go back to this thing. Yeah. Okay. You okay. said, you asked her, cause she said, Zach, you said this thing to me and this was the impact it had. And you said, okay, are you interested in hearing my intent behind what I shared? And she said, "Mm, yeah, okay. I think that's such an important piece because first of all, before you, before you ever ask her, are you interested in hearing my side, my truth, my perspective? I think it's really important that you have tended to her feelings first, which I think you said you did. Hey, yeah. I mean, I, I asked her that question at the end of an hour and a half. I mean, we have probably yeah. three or four minutes to go and I didn't, 
I knew it wasn't my job to defend myself. A, because I was certain I hadn't done anything wrong and B, because I knew it was going to do damage. So I just waited. Yeah. I waited for the session to play itself out. I let the tension stay in the room. And then mm-hmm. I asked for consent. I asked for permission to, mm. to reframe her narrative, not to explain myself. I didn't, okay. I didn't ask for permission to like tell my side. I said, are you interested in, in hearing more information that may help you replace your narrative? Um, because if her narrative is, he doesn't care about me, whether it's her husband or her therapist, he doesn't care uh-huh. about me. He's ignoring my pain. He, he wants me to feel small. If that's her narrative, it doesn't really matter what my narrative is. It, what matters is, can we replace hers in a way that benefits the relationship? And, I, and I, mm. again, I don't want to make this super duper about me, but I think that is what he ended up taking away, which was learning how to say, and, 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 and if we just raise the altitude a little bit at a similar similar conversation with a much less, much less higher stakes with another couple actually yesterday. And part of what they had to realize, I mean, they literally, what did she say? She said, the problem with that conversation was you were trying to tell me that how hurt you were, but meanwhile I was hurt too. Mm -hmm. So rather than talk about the thing that they were trying to talk about, which I think was sleep training their baby, they got into this tug of war about who was hurt and why and who meant to do it and what that was about. And so this is maybe um, if asking for permission is like intervention one, maybe this is intervention two, which is I said, why don't you just take turns? You know, like mm-hmm. maybe he has to say, Hey, that didn't go well for us. It really hurt, was hurtful to me. Maybe it was hurtful for you, but can I have a turn to talk about it? Yeah. And then she goes, yeah, yeah but I'm going to need a turn too. Yep. And the way I'll, I mean, and I said, and they looked at me like I was like crazy. And I said, no, I know you can do this because if you are walking down the street and somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, here's all my political beliefs, bark, 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 political, political, political. And that, you know, that yeah. you're conservative, they're liberal or whatever. And, and you're like, nah, cause well, but have you heard about, and also the, like, uh-huh. we can do that. We, we will do that. If that same person is your poli sci professor and you're in their lecture on Tuesday morning and they walk in and give you the exact same content but you have a test on Thursday, you know what you're going to do? You're not going to go, uh-huh, well, no, and it, you're going to write it down. You're going to write it down. Okay. You're going to use a different part of your brain to collect that information. So I know you can receive right. content with different, I, we know we can. And then yes. I'll just say, I'll remind you that you have, you do have a test and the test is to stay connected. The passing the test is going to bed feeling more connected and less sad. It's staying. Okay. So maybe you need to do that part of the conflict where you say, I just need to write this down. Can I just, I just mm-hmm. need to listen with a different part of my brain. But I think there's also the idea that you, there's a, there's a, a appreciation or an understanding that you're going to get a turn. Like your turns. Okay. Come later. So I think language obviously matters and your ability to hear your partner's pain is very difficult, especially if the, your partner's pain is supposedly caused by you. I think yeah. that's the hardest part. Yeah. And I had such a great deal of empathy for uh, the male partner in, in my office the other day, because, you know, she's saying, you hurt me. You said this, it hurt. And now I'm feeling really you know, like uh, disconnected from you. And he just escalates through the roof. Right. And I said, no, let's just pause for a second because I have so much empathy for you as the male escalating into a very defensive response because the intent was not there. 
And the reason why you're getting so frustrated and you are escalating and now you're yelling at your partner is because you want to make very clear to her that you love her and there's no way you would intentionally hurt her. And the fact that she's feeling hurt by you and feels like you are the enemy makes you fly off the handle. And I was like, isn't it interesting right now that this escalation, this anger that you're getting into is all based on the fact that you're trying to clear your name because you love your wife, because you don't want to hurt her. Um, and because the intent is supposedly that you tried to hurt her for some reason. I think that the language that we use is really important. Uh, and so when you are sharing your stories, right, you're like, Hey, make me smarter, help me understand your perspective. You take a turn and then I'll get an opportunity to share it, to take a turn. I think it's very important to be able to say my story is meaning that this is not the truth of what occurred. There was an incident that happened and we each have a truth of how, what happened, right? Like you said this thing, it went into my filter and then it became my truth. So if you share using the language of, okay, so my story is that you you uh, pointed out that I'm not doing something in the house that I'm not, I've, I've kind of let the house get really kind of messy and unorganized. My story is that you think I'm lazy and self-centered and that I, I am a slob. And that's my story. When you use the language of my story, it just sort of loosens the noose around this entire situation that there are two stories and it's not mm -hmm. the absolute truth. It's not the capital T truth of what happened or occurred. It's simply your truth and your experience. So I think that that's really important. Totally. And you know, you can imagine what people will say when they say my story is, and then if, what, what's the, what's the response that often gets met with? That you, well, what do you think? That's my not true. That's is. not true. This, my mm -hmm. story is, but that's not true. Well, and I think so you're right. And I'll soften it even a little bit more by saying then the story I'm telling myself, which brings okay. even more responsibility to the storyteller, right? Mm -hmm. I'm telling myself this story. I'm telling myself mm -hmm. a story about how you don't love me. I'm telling myself a story about how you think I'm lazy. I'm telling me. And then what I'll do is I'll turn to the other person. I'll say, Hey, are you interested in helping her replace that story? Like, are you interested mm -hmm. in how, like, that's a terrible story. That's a bad story for you. Like, how can you help her? And that may require that they change their behavior, you know, mm -hmm. um, where they go, gosh, maybe I need to stop bitching about the dishwasher, you know? And it may be yeah. that they go kind of what I did, which is to go, are you interested in understanding a little bit more about why I said what I said or why I care about the kitchen? Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't have anything at all to do with you. It has to do with the fact that my mom was a hoarder and da, 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 and then that. And every time that there's a dish right. on the kitchen, I go to the, ah. Uh, and now we're seeking, uh, what I will say is there's a third story and there's a third story that exists as a, as some combination of the two that each of you is telling, um, that there's her story or, you know, one partner story that they're telling themselves. There's another partner story that they're telling themselves. And the truest story is the one that's in between. It's the third one that they're not giving themselves permission to tell to one another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like using people's children to help them get this because, a, they need to tell a third story on behalf of their children. Um, and two and B, A and two. And finally, <laughs> no. Um, but that's what happens when you make babies, right? You, you make a kid and the kid has your eyes, but maybe they're his eyes. And also, but, oh, he's got your brain, but no, but he also thinks like this. And, but she's got her, you know, that skin tone is, no, okay. it's not, it's the third, it's a third one, right? Uh -huh. So, but yes, you can so do the that thing that you're asking me. So is that what you're working toward? 
I mean, the whole idea is because I think what ends up happening is you get into these arguments and the assumption is that there's one story, one truth. And what we're saying is actually, if you take the time to understand, there's always two stories and two truths. But once you take the time to understand each other, that it's quite possible for there to be two very different experiences yep. in one Which are moment true for in you. time. True for you, true for you. You were hurt because of your story. You were hurt because of your story. And now there is a third story that you're yeah. working to co-create. Yeah. And if we're yeah. interested in believing in and in one another, then we have to give our partners permission not to have harmed us. Right. Um, they, they may have hurt us, but we don't have to turn that into harm. And I don't have, to, then I don't have mm -hmm. to defend intent. I can mm -hmm. defend, I can honor that you've been hurt. Mm -hmm. and that there's nuance, there's complication, okay. there's stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about honoring the fact that you've been hurt because this is the, I think the most important piece of the puzzle is that we skip over that when we are defensive and we feel like, Hey, that was not my intent. And what we're saying is actually take a moment and just pay attention to the impact. Do, like just take your intent, what you're going to argue about and get defensive about is that put that on the shelf long enough to recognize the impact. And if you can say something to your partner, the impact that this had on your partner, the story that they told themselves had an impact, it was a negative impact and it was disconnecting for them. If you can tend to the hurt and say, God, of course you felt awful in that situation. Of course, like, of course you, you know, felt like I was hurting you. Of course you were sad. Of course you felt rejected given the story that you told yourself. Of course, that's awful. Yeah. Well, of course I would never want you to feel that way. Tend to the hurt. And this makes perfect sense. Like if, if you think about actual physical injury, let's say I leave my shoes on the bottom of the staircase just thoughtlessly and Rebecca goes down the stairs and falls over and trips, twists her ankle and maybe, I don't know, cuts her arm on the table or something. And then she's like, why did you do this to make me hurt? I mean, I could come in and be like, well, I didn't leave them there on purpose. It's not my fault. Or I could be like, hold on, let's get this bleeding stopped. Let's yes. get, let's get your ankle taken care of. Let's right? just uh, like, I know and that you're hurt. I know that you're angry. And, and then we could talk about the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. I'm not going to be like, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not going to help you with the arm and the ankle until you could concede <laughs> that that was an accident. <laughs> you know, I love that you use the most ridiculous examples to illustrate a point because I have to. Sense. And I think this is a part of why I have to, because the longer sometimes you stay with people's actual details, say about the sleep training conversation I was in the other day, mm -hmm. the more people still get to drift into their justification for why they behaved the way they did. And I think you almost have to get outside and say, let's go to something ridiculous so that you can appreciate it on its merits. Mm -hmm. Then we bring it back to the sleep training conversation. Like right. if we can, you know, because people will admit that they'll never do, they would never do that with the stairs. I'm like, well, then why would right. you do it with the sleep training? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that doesn't I, make yeah, any sense. I, I appreciate that example a lot. Um, so are you going to give any sort of Yeah, especially because I don't have any stairs in my house. <laughs> I know <laughs> we call it downstairs. We literally have two stairs. It's like two yeah, steps into going the down downstairs yeah. to the media room. Yeah. Um, who's coming on next week? Uh, one of my Other favorites of all time yeah. uh, is a uh -huh. singer songwriter named David Wilcox. Um, okay. Who 
if you have time this week, you should definitely listen to his music. He writes some of the most beautiful love stories. He's uh, he's a guy with a guitar. Plays can, can knows his way around the guitar. I've been wanting for a while to do an episode called "How to Play Guitar" because I have a bunch of ridiculous okay. metaphors about how to play guitar, like how playing guitar is the same as being married. Um, yeah. But David has actually helped me understand that a lot more than most. So I'm glad that he's agreed to come on. And I'm looking forward to talking to him. I think you'll dig him. And um, yeah, just check Can it out. Can I ask David you Wilkins. a little bit? Don't you have like a backstory about how you reached out and you hired yeah. a guy? Is this same him? guy? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in hearing how you have developed. You developed the weirdest friendships. I just have to say, like, if I'm going to walk away from anything... Um, I always tell my husband, my son, this, that if you don't ask, you don't get, and yeah. I have learned that you ask a lot more than I do. And I don't know yeah. if that's a gender thing, a socialization thing. No, it's definitely thing. a me thing. Like, I think yeah. the number one way to not get what you want is to not ask. Yeah. And so if you want something like if you want your Peloton trainer to come on to your podcast, you just ask them 15, 20, yeah. 30 times on, on Instagram until they block you, which hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to keep asking. No. Um, how's the Ryan Reynolds request going? You know what? This made me so mad. Rebecca was telling me about how she was listening to this other podcast, which is like the most famous podcast on the planet right now. It's called Smartless. Um, it's got like okay. Jason. We've talked about it before, but Ryan Reynolds was on that podcast. And I was <sighs> like, what the hell? How did he, why did he go on this podcast with these other three famous people before yeah. he responded to my message? How about, dare he? I know. I know. Well, uh, we have, I think he's kind of busy right now because he has a new movie coming out, but maybe after that movie comes out, he'll talk to us. He's fine. You know, he's just laying poolside with his hot wife and his kids just living up life. I think that is my new angle though. I think I'm going to try and get them both. I think we should interview famous couples. I think that would be a cool thing for us to do. All right. Well, let's, let's land this plane. Cause you're, you're going, is this iced tea that you're drinking? No, this is my zip fizz. Zip fizz. All right. Cool, man. All right. Um, all right, let's land this plane. Adios. I'll see, see you ya. next week. Next week. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. If you happen to have a connection, someone that you think would be a, a great interview, um, Operation Blue Check, then send them our way. Info at marriagetherapyradio.com. Um, we did mention again that we are hosting the Art and Science of Love. It's a virtual workshop for couples. It's happening on October 23rd and 24th. If you go to gottman.com forward slash MTR for Marriage Therapy Radio, you will take a look at the registration information. Um, check that out. If you have any questions, send us an email. Um, thanks so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.